I really hope that there is something in your life that gives you as much joy as I felt on that on the opening night of Endgame, watching that movie because I I mean that was you know one of the most profound religious experiences of my life and you know and nobody is going to be able to take that away from me by saying well I didn't like that movie okay well yeah fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. For, forgive them, Lord <laughs> Thor. They know not what they do. Exactly. Exactly. So, welcome to The Comedian and the Philosopher, a conversation about topics both high and lowbrow. I am your resident philosopher, Duncan Gale. And I'm your uh, beleaguered comedian, Mike Leibovitz. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, you know, before we, uh, before we get started into, you know, checking in and everything, you know, I just want to reflect upon the fact that, yeah, you know, we are, uh, we are recording this on January 19th, 2021, which is the last full day of the presidency of Donald J. Trump. Hard to believe. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to contain my giddiness right now as I, yeah. as I say that, it is- you know. <laughs> it is hard to believe, and it's a little bit disturbing that there are surely people who don't believe it. Um, yes, who the who uh, you know who believe that uh, either Joe Biden will be arrested by the military tomorrow before right. he takes oath and the oath, and they'll transfer the power back to the supreme leader, or that right. this uh, inauguration is some kind of a sham, and there's like a true Trump shadow presidency that will continue, uh, or uh, various other um, increasingly outlandish conspiracies. Do you remember, Duncan, when conspiracy theories used to be fun? Yeah, yeah, no, they used to be like a nice kind of laugh, like, you know, yeah, watching Oliver Stone's JFK. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not exactly a comedy, I suppose, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it used to be like, yeah, it used to be this like conspiratorial thing, like the oh, uh, you know, the government is hiding evidence of UFOs, and it's like, yeah, it was fun to think about, like, well, maybe this is true, but uh, I, I, it was never like. People were never a hundred percent sure that that their outlandish conspiracy theories were true. Like it was, it used to be more of a like what if thing, and right. now I feel like it's become a this is going down thing. 
you know, it's just like, it's got a different, just like a much harsher vibe to it. It used to be much more mellow to, cons to fantasize about conspiracies. That's what it used to be. It used to be a sort of tinged with fantasy, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, conspiracy theories either used to be either kind of completely apolitical or maybe just kind of slightly left-leaning, but but now now it seems like yeah yeah the right wing has really has really taken over conspiracy theories yeah yeah i mean there's a definitely like a big um realignment of of uh, what left and right like it's hard to even make sense of what these things mean anymore they definitely don't mean what they they don't have the same associations that they had when when we were young yeah um, <clears throat> Gur than we are now. Uh, so it is, uh, it's, um, yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, I mean, it looks like this will be the last day of the Trump presidency and hopefully that's the, the fever breaking. I told you about my theory that Trump is actually the coronavirus made flesh, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, uh, it's a very compelling theory. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, uh, I like to yeah. live symbolically, uh, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no, love it, love it. But yeah, so uh, um, how you been, Mike? You had a good week? Yeah, I've been pretty good. I, uh, I, uh, I'm exhausted right now, actually. My uh, wife and I decided to keep our, uh, to switch our children over to um, uh, full-time virtual school. They had been going in person and we took them out and we moved them to uh virtual school and uh that has been an adjustment uh um, right like it's uh it's uh you, you think of school as um as education right sure. i mean you an educator must think of it that way uh, yeah but when you have <laughs> ideally yeah <laughs> yeah. When you have kids, you realize how much of it is uh, child care. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Especially like, you know, primary education. Most of it, you know, of course they learn stuff at school, but like they don't really learn anything at school that you couldn't teach them at home. And right. really the school exists so that both parents can work or, you know. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's very hard cause I don't have an office and I just, I, you know, so I'm like trying to get work done and you know, my kids are just being so annoying. Oh, daddy, look, I drew you a picture. Oh, you know, it's just like, <laughs> leave me alone. You fucking brats. Daddy's busy. Like trying to think about a punchline that ends in my dick. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Daddy played sock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you go ahead. Your thing is better, I'm sure. <laughs> well, no, I was just just saying. Uh, yeah, you know, Daddy's engaged in his own creativity. Don't bother him with your creativity. You know. That's, that's uh, right. That's no fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Daddy's creativity is bigger. That's uh, right. <laughs> Daddy's creativity and your creativity intersected with your creation and now they are separate entities. So buzz off kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, there it's great. I just like, uh, it's, you know, they, um, the, the kids, when they go in school, 
they have to report to you. The school reports to you when someone is, uh, when they have a COVID, someone in the school community is, is, um, you know, COVID positive. Right. And they send an email, someone in our school community has tested positive for COVID-19. It was in the middle school. Right. Um, we've done all the contact tracing. We've, you know, we've determined that no further quarantining is necessary, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they send out these emails, which is basically like, hey, there was a COVID case. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Right. right. And they, but those, these emails just started coming more and more often. Like it used to be like, you get, yeah one every other week. Now we're getting like one every couple of days. And it's like, are you sure it's fine? Because it kind of seems like it's not fine. Right. You know, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. It's not a problem. <laughs> okay. Then why am I, why is my inbox overflowing with these messages? If it's right. not a problem, Yeah. we've determined it's not spreading in our school. Really? Okay. <clears throat> so we, uh, we opted to, to bring them home and it's, uh, yeah, it's just been a that's so that's been my week, basically, is like me, like trying to record auditions, trying to like work on this podcast, get it live sure. while my little brats are interrupting me with their affection. It's really been kind of a drag. <laughs> oh, the worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, OK. Yeah. You know, it's 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 funny what you were saying yeah, about the about the COVID stuff, yeah, because, uh, yeah, I mean, you're in the New York area, I'm in the L.A. area, so, you know, we're both in, you know, some kind of hotbeds of it right now, and, yeah, I mean, you know, hearing about this new, more infectious strain of it, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I've gone all the way back to the mindset I had back in March at the very beginning of the pandemic, where I was just like, you know, super paranoid all the time. And, you know, I mean, ju ju just when I was kind of, you know, getting used to, you know, this this sort of situation now, now there's like this wave of anxiety again. And so, yeah, over the uh, weekend, you know, I needed to get groceries and but I was uh, kind of nervous to actually go to the grocery store. And so for the first time, I, I, I experimented with uh, that uh, that service called uh, Instacart, and uh -huh. um, yeah, and you know it worked uh, it worked pretty well. But you know, there's just something about it, like you know, just something about getting somebody else to do your shopping for you. It it it, it really kind of gives me the creeps. I I I mean, it's like oh you know, yeah, it's 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 like the ultimate like upper class like rich person kind of thing like oh you know have oh ha, well, ha, yeah ha, yeah have the have the uh, servant do the shopping for me you know yeah well duncan i mean absolutely i mean it's it's not just that right during normal times it is yes i don't have time to be bothered with the mundane details of of um, you know of sustenance of of staying alive, you know. Yes, yeah, send send uh, send the servant out to the store. But right. during COVID, you're ba you're basically like, I don't want to get COVID. Can somebody else go get COVID for me? <laughs> right, right. It's, it's yeah. like a whole new layer. Like I can't. I'm too important to be infected. Surely there is some there is some second class citizen. He's probably not actually a citizen, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, and then I, I have used those services before, not during COVID. But it's like it really is like Postmates, which is a service that I that I used to work for. So it's like you give them their mm-hmm. grocery list, then they've got some poor sap accepts it because it, you know they they go and they get your order and then they're like. Oh no, they don't have the kind of apples you wanted. And right, so they're like right. texting you like, is it okay if I get these other apples instead of these apples? And the yeah. whole time I'm just like, I'm just thinking like, I'm so sorry. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, like this is my job to go and pick out the apples. I don't right, know right. why. And then it's also, it's like $6 yeah. or something, depending on when you order, which is like, did some guy just pick, get paid like, six dollars minus a minus a fee from this platform to like go grocery shopping which always takes an hour so is this person getting paid four dollars an hour to go risk their lives uh so that they can grovel about having gotten the wrong kind of apples like um it's uh yeah it's it's it feels gross yeah yeah it is weird yeah yeah it is just inherently uncomfortable yeah to like have a stranger texting you about yeah oh yeah uh um they didn't have this yeah 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 is it is it okay if i get this yeah i mean it's just like yeah there's something i you know i realized there's something so personal about about shopping and you know when, when when you kind of leave it to somebody else yeah it's just um yeah really kind of gives me the willies but uh you know um yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom line, <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah. Bottom line, I am too important to get COVID. Okay, you know, I teach philosophy <laughs> yeah. on the community college level. Okay, you know, that's, that's right. this is an essential service. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's in New York, dude. But it's yeah. even crazier in New York because, like, oh, sure. yeah. so so you send someone to the grocery store in in LA, and it's you know you feel guilty, and it's a drag, and they get COVID and they die. But in New York, you also know that at the grocery store, there's no parking, so you know they're also getting a ticket on top of COVID, right? And humiliation, yeah. they're also mm-hmm. getting a parking ticket. It's just I sure. can't justify it. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh. But yeah, so you know, I mean, I, I, I experimented with that that service, and yeah, so and also, I actually got a COVID test um, last week. Uh, yeah, so came back negative, uh, but that apparently uh, better luck next time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm I'm gonna get um, um, another one this week. It's I I I, I think I'm actually gonna turn it into a, a a weekly event for me because you know, I mean. Why not just go full hypochondriac uh, at this point? Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like you don't really know if you don't have COVID unless you, you get the test, like, you know, a couple of weeks in a row and it comes back negative, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to stay on top of that and everything. Um, but um, otherwise, I mean, in terms of more fun stuff, um, you know, um, something that you know about me, Mike, but, you know, probably our listeners don't know is that uh, I am um, totally obsessed with uh, Marvel comics, with the Marvel universe uh, in general. Yeah, and, I, uh, I understand that it is your religion. Yeah, it is basically my my uh, my uh, religion. Yeah, yeah. And um, this past Friday um, was the first time in 
really over a year that I think there has been new Marvel Cinematic Universe content uh, in the form of uh, the show WandaVision uh, that has been on Disney Plus. And so, uh, so yeah, um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch that, Mike, but uh, it's uh, pretty great, I thought. You know, I did have a chance to watch it, but I passed up that chance. So <laughs> hopefully I'll get another chance at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, it's on Disney Plus. It is, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah uh, I can always tell uh, uh, when a new Marvel cinematic uh, something or other has come out because um, all of the nerds that I follow on Twitter start tweeting about something I haven't heard of. Right, right. Yeah. So that must be what this is. Dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, is that the one with the guy with the red face and then the girl with the like extreme powers and they like go back into the 1950s or something? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. There have been two episodes released so far, and the yeah, and these first two episodes, yeah, they're very much in the style of yeah 1950s sitcoms and. You know, there's obviously something else going on, but uh, yeah, they're they're sort of highly stylized. Uh, yeah, and it's a it's 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 a very kind of unique uh, thing that yeah, I've never quite seen a show like this where it's it's clearly um, it's clearly a sort of satire parody kind of thing, but but it's also there's also some sort of metaphor going on, but but you really have no idea what's actually going on uh, after the first two episodes other than something sinister. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the plays of Harold Pinter were always very appealing to me, especially the early ones, and they were yeah. in a style that was referred to as comedy of menace, uh -huh. which was um, the, I guess it's a form where it's clear that there's something horrible happening, but it's never explicit what that is. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. The only the only Pinter play that's kind of somewhat clear in my mind yeah, is the uh, the the uh, dumb waiter. Yeah, I think that that is 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 that is that what what you would consider a sort of example of that? Yeah, dumb waiter is yeah. definitely a comedy of menace. You have these mm -hmm. two sort of hitmen um, right. hanging out, making small talk. Um, um, but it's it's clear that they're in some sort of dire situation, but it's never clear what it is. And then it's clear at the end that something bad happens, but again, you don't know what. Um, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, most of his his uh, early plays were were like that. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's a play on comedy of manners, right? Because it's a sort of like, uh -huh. uh, which is, you know, like, uh, 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 what's the guy's name? Oscar Wilde, you know, Oscar like an Oscar Wilde, Wilde play, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but it's co comedy of menace instead. But anyway, w WandaVision, your description of it reminded me of that. Although I would imagine if you keep watching it, will they will make it clear because this is a, um, <clears throat> you know, multi-million dollar production and they probably can't risk the um, ambiguity that an experimental playwright in the 1960s could. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 probably, um, yeah, it's going to have to. <laughs> Have a certain level of uh, accessibility if it is, uh, yeah, a, a subsidiary of uh, one of the largest corporations in the world right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically, those Marvel movies they make them so that they they have to play in China, right? If it doesn't, yeah. If it if if it doesn't, you know, 
translate to every culture on the planet, then it's not, it's not, uh, it's not going to recoup its investment, right? right or enough right. of its investment. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah, yeah. You know, I love to rail against capitalism and greed, but we sure wouldn't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe without it, would we? No, and, you know, I've got to say, yeah, again, as somebody who, I, I mean, Marvel is my religion, and I think that, if anything, that would make me more sort of critical of these movies, but uh, I, I have been absolutely satisfied and delighted with almost almost all of the movies that have that have been coming out lately i mean to the point where you know i, I it's there's there's some weird kind of um synergy that uh this Mar the, the marvel studios have <clears throat> hit upon where where they they really just have, have have the formula down uh yeah and um and i think that a lot of other hardcore marvel fans are are, are in uh, agreement with me so yeah you know, I think it helps that um, as someone who's not as invested in this as you are on an emotional or dare I even say spiritual level, mm -hmm. um, I, um, I enjoy the Marvel movies too. Yeah. And um, I think it helps that they actually have a dedicated Marvel studio, right? right that it's, right. Not, it's not just Disney. It's, mm -hmm. it's a Marvel company that is, I don't know what its relationship to the Marvel comics is. I think, is it the same company now or, I mean, they own, it's the same company, right? They bought Marvel. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then made it into a studio. So, I mean, there's a sort of continuity with the creators, right? And, and Stan Lee is basically in all of them, or I guess he's dead now, but yeah. they'll probably keep putting him in digitally or I don't know what they'll do, <laughs> but. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, it's, I think, um. <clears throat> Yeah, in that in that most recent Spider-Man movie, he was not in in that one. So I I, I think they have <laughs> officially retired him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be cool break. if they he... still kind of CGI'd him <clears throat> in there. It might might be a bit macabre, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they could use their de aging technology and make him younger and younger in all of the movies Absolutely. until until he's a spry young um, comic book creator again. I, uh, it's, it's such an interesting juxtaposition that Marvel comics to the, I mean, the Marvel movies to the DC movies mm -hmm. where the Marvel movies are like so fun and right. funny. And the DC movies, like you feel like you need to like, like scrape goo off your body afterwards. You know what I mean? They're just yeah, like, definitely. they're so fucking serious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, why yeah. are they so serious? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. And it's bizarre because yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, I've never been as big a fan of the DC comics, but I mean, I, I you know, I definitely ha have uh, like some of them and, you know, I mean, you definitely can't argue that, you know what I mean? I mean, Superman and Batman and, and uh, Wonder Woman. I mean, these are just, you know, classic characters um, who are uh, very compelling, I think. And um, I think originally, yeah, in, in the comics, it was, it was kind of reversed where, you know, the DC comics uh, had a sort of lightness and fun to them, whereas the Marvel comics were much more sort of, you know... Um, grim and gritty and, 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 and trying to be sort of more realistic and, you know, kind of 
emo in a way, I guess, with the with the sort of struggles of the of the characters. Uh, but yeah, when it with, with with these movies, yeah, yeah, the the trends have kind of reversed for some reason. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think know. a lot you got you have to put a lot of that on the shoulders of the the Frank Miller uh, Dark Knight oh, sure. um, comic, mm-hmm. because I think that's sort of like the aesthetic that inspired this most recent slate of Batman movies and then the mm-hmm. whole sort of DC universe afterwards. And that was a sort of a very dark uh, reboot of the, uh, of the Batman um, story. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I think, I think Frank Miller has had a, has had a huge impact on the, on the film representations of uh, a lot of these. I, I mean, uh, Frank Miller also, um, wrote and drew uh, Daredevil as well. And I think that that had an impact, yeah, at least on the uh, Daredevil uh, Netflix show. Yeah, so. Although Daredevil is, is still very funny. It's dark mm-hmm. and it's very violent. But uh, it's, yeah. there's definitely like, yeah, there's definitely humor in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, uh, this uh, most recent Wonder Woman movie actually... Um, at least tried to have a certain amount of lightness to it. I think I, I, I think a lot of people sort of compared it to the uh, to the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman movie in in some ways in the in, the, in terms of the kind of feel of it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, everybody it's... hated it. <laughs> yeah, is that the was that the general consensus? Um, yes, the, yeah. I have not seen it, but the general consensus was thumbs down. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen mixed reviews, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought it was okay. It was uh, a bit long, but yeah, yeah, not not as good as the first one, but yeah. I love Gal Gadot. Yeah, Gadot. yeah. No, she's Gadot. She, she's definitely uh, great, and uh, yeah, and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was well cast in that role. Absolutely. Um, You've been watching. I just, uh, uh-huh. I just love, I just love her, Duncan. Hey, I understand. I understand, Mike. <laughs> but but I, but uh, but I don't know if she understands. Well, yeah, um, I've, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure you can get in touch with her, um, her uh, representation. Um, yeah, let her know. Uh, let her know that uh, you liked that uh, Imagine uh, video, at least, right? Mm, no, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, it was. It was dreadful. And um, okay, so I, I felt your love I of her has sense. its has its limits. Okay. Yeah. No, Duncan. No, let me explain. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I felt. I felt deeply ashamed. Because here I saw the woman that I love humiliating herself in front of yeah. the whole world. Sure, and I just sure. wanted to hold her and let her know that I still love her. Yeah. That's sweet. Even though she made something that was really terrible. <laughs> That's sweet. That's sweet. Like I the like same it. way that she doesn't understand what COVID is like for ordinary people. Right. She also doesn't understand that I love her. Yeah. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> no, let's do like 10 more minutes on this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's fine with me. 
Should we just make our podcast just about Gal Gadot? It's funny that the woman I love, I don't know how to say her name. No, yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard both pronunciations. Yeah, I'm not sure anybody knows for sure. I think, yeah, I think it has to do with whether or not her last name is French or not. I don't think it is. Well, yeah. no, it's, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Hebrew, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, uh, um, you know, <laughs> we can um, write our own uh, version of the uh, Samuel Beckett play, "Waiting for Gadot or Gadot." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that's what maybe that's who they were waiting for the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and. Uh, he never came because he was a she and hadn't been born yet. Yeah. Well, worth the wait. Worth the wait. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, so um, have you been watching anything, Mike? Uh... Oh, no. I've just been watching my children slowly grow older. Um, I, haven't, uh, I haven't watched a... No, <laughs> no, I, I haven't been watching anything. I mean, I did finish watching that, um, um, a, a teacher. Oh yeah. That, that you had recommended to me. Sure. But other than that, no, I, I haven't watched anything at all. Okay. Well, yeah, good, good. So let's, uh, let's, uh, talk about that then. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there is this, um, this Hulu series, um, called a teacher, um, Featuring, um, yeah, the actress uh, Kate Mara uh, and um, yeah, some other people whose names I can't I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, she's she's the the um, what do you call it uh, eponymous teacher. Um, Good and, word. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I only know the word eponymous because of this the. Um, Pseudepigraphic apocrypha, uh-huh. <laughs> which which you probably know what that is, right? Uh, yeah, the um, 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 apocrypha. Yeah, the uh, the books that are not actually part of the Bible, right? But right, and the yeah. pseudepigraphic ones are the ones that are supposedly written by various people, Judas or right. Mary Magdalene or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually were written by somebody else. Right, right. Oh, right, right. Sure, sure. That's what makes yeah. them pseudepigraphic instead of just epigraphic. Right, right. Right, and that's not eponymous. That's a different word, but it's related. Yeah, I think so. It starts with the same two letters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh- <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry, I derailed you there. Anyway, okay. Kate Mara, get back to it. I just, you know, I have to say these things when that, when they come into my head. Otherwise, otherwise they're gone, and there's no way to know whether it was worth saying. Which, sure, in this case, sure. obviously it wasn't. But no, no, no. how could we? How could we possibly know? No, I think that I'm was sorry, a, Duncan. I think I'm there still, was a quality digression. Yeah, no. And I, I'm, I'm still, I'm just still so distracted by my love for Gal. Good, good, God, do it, God, do do, goody do da do do do. Go do do. Oh man. Well, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think that I had, 
yeah, I kind of recommended this show to you in the past because it was a show that I found very kind of perplexing because basically it's a show about a teacher, a high school teacher specifically, who becomes uh, involved sexually with one of her students. And yeah, so, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, a lot of a lot of the sort of stories like this that you that, that you hear about, I, I I mean, it's like there's a there's a sort of level of kind of um, titillation or sort of prurient uh, interest, uh, you know, involved mm-hmm. in 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 it. But but this show is trying to kind of show the reality of a teacher and a student getting involved and the sort of um, real life consequences of that and how and how kind of horrible it is um, and and it's interesting yeah because it's because it's a female teacher and a male student and you know the way that the way that this kind of dynamic is sort of you know talked about or you know joked about is that you know I, you know I mean it's like male teacher female student gross disgusting but Female teacher, male student. Hey, way to go, buddy! High five! High five! Yeah, yeah, yeah. way to yeah, go! Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And this and this show is kind of trying to sort of give lie to that sort of uh, you know perception that we have, and it's like, oh no, no, this is this is just as bad as as any other um, situation, and and it and, and so it it both shows the relationship. And the and the sort of long term fallout from the relationship, and so you know if if you uh, are interested in watching the show, you know I, I mean I mean we're going to kind of you know spoil it, so you know right uh, we're going to yeah we will yeah. ruin this experience for you yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so just be be <clears throat> sort of advised of that but um, right right if you want to watch this show just keep listening and know that the show will not work on you afterwards, but don't stop listening. That's right. No. Let us wreck this show for you. <laughs> we want to take the experience of enjoying the show away from you, so stay tuned. No, yeah, it's a, it is a very per- perplexing show, and I'll be honest, like, I watched it less because you recommended it to me mm-hmm. and more because I could see how um, sort of um, conflicted or confused or perplexed you were by the show. It right. was like more like your sort of a, a grappling to get a handle on what exactly you thought about it or what exactly it was trying to say right. that made me think this is worth watching. And often that's like why I watch things because I feel like there is something to be gained from it. Like I do sometimes watch things for pure enjoyment, but mm-hmm. usually I think about it more like some kind of... Well, anyway, I definitely thought of it like an assignment, like like an investigation. Like I want to see what is you know, what's ruffling Duncan's feathers uh, aside from seeing Kate Mara breathing hot and heavy on a, on a screen of some size, which is, which nobody has a problem with, but, um, it is a weird show. Yeah. So I don't know where you want to start with it, but let me just point out one thing. Cause this mm-hmm. is something that we never talked about before, but I think is weird, which right. is, it is a very serious show, right? Yeah. I don't think I laughed once over 10 episodes. Uh Right, right. Like, I don't think I laughed one time. And it's not hard to make me laugh. Um, Sure. 
And yet it is a half hour show. Right. Which half hour is always a comedy. Dramas are always yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is. So I thought that that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not always. Okay, Law and Order is a half hour. Well, no, no. There's no. Um, oh, it's an hour. Well, I mean, it's like forty minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, right. Like okay. So. You know, television yeah, this show's yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Right. The television te- television half hour is twenty two minutes long. Okay, the episodes yeah, are twenty two yeah, sure, minutes sure. long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. Um, and I don't believe it's a Hulu series. I think it's some series that's on some network. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, on so, Hulu. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's on like FX, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, so that to me was weird. I mean, that has to yeah. have been a choice mm-hmm. at some level. Um, right, right. And, and I wonder if it was like sort of a choice, like just in terms of like, we want you to look at this different from how it looks. Right. Because it's like right. packaged. It has the content of a drama, but it's packaged in the packaging of a comedy. Right. OK. Yeah. So good. Good. OK. So that's that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it has the content of a drama, but it's packaged like a comedy. And here's the other thing. It also seems to have the content of an erotic thriller. But right. It's packaged like a public service announcement. Correct. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the the show begins and ends with a sort of like, um, there's there's a disclaimer at both the beginning and the end. They're different disclaimers. The one at the beginning is something like, uh, warning, you're about to see this show. This show contains images of grooming. Grooming, Uh, Sensitive viewers should Mm -hmm. be advised, which I, I always... I think it's a funny word we've talked about. This is like, you, you say you're going to show me grooming and I think I'm going to see somebody like combing their hair or something. But, right, but right. It's, uh, it's, it's not that kind of grooming. It turns out it's... Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going, to see a, uh, I'm going to see a dog with a, with a ribbon. Um, right. <clears throat> different, different kind of grooming altogether. Um, and then at the end, it says, you know, if, if you or someone you know needs help, then... Right. <laughs> it doesn't give you a number or anything. It's like <laughs> if yeah. you or someone you need know needs help, like go find some. <laughs> well, like, yeah, um, I think it. <laughs> I think it gives the uh, website of the of the show. Uh, oh, which, okay. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> odd. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> if you need help. Here is one more like, advertisement for this TV show you're right, watching. Right, 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 right. And then, right, right. yeah, maybe you can get some help, yeah. <laughs> right, right. If you, if you or someone you know needs help, think about some A Teacher merch. Right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's odd, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's odd, too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so another... Um, piece of this perplexing puzzle is mm-hmm. uh, that um, Kate Mara, mm-hmm. um, who, by the way, is a billionaire. Um, I don't know if you know that or not, but she's extremely wealthy. No, she comes I don't. From, she, I don't. I don't think I know. Oh, okay. Her her um, her um, uh, family background is very wealthy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The the Roonies and the Maras are two oh, yeah. very wealthy families and her name is like her sister goes by Rooney Mara and she goes yep. by Kate Mara uh-huh. but they both 
the, they both have the middle name of Rooney and the last name of Mara. And I forget what oh, really? her sister's like actual birth first name is. It's something different. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, they're both extremely wealthy families. I think they like own sports teams or something. I forget exactly oh, yeah. okay. what it is, okay. but they're like, yeah, yeah they uh, uh-huh. could afford good acting lessons. But uh, anyway, right. um, <laughs> Kate Mara is, I think, in, in, in her, in the characters in her, in her, her 30s. Yeah. In real life, she's something like, I don't know, 38 or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, um, the kid, the teenage boy who she has a relationship with, Right. is supposed to be 17 when their relationship starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but is actually like in his twenties. Right. And the, as the actors themselves, not the characters, like they look like they would make a perfectly reasonable couple. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that, that, that is definitely one kind of weird thing about it. Although it kind of makes sense later on because, because the show ends up kind of flashing forward. And so I, I guess they, they cast this actor so that he could convincingly play what 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 his age is later on. But but yeah, I mean he he doesn't look like yeah a uh, well, high school student. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we can, if if you're okay with hopping around in time a little bit, this is one thing sure. that was really interesting to me. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I mean, maybe we should just cover like the basic progression of their relationship. They have this relationship. That's seems very passionate. She's married. Right. And um, he makes the sort of first initial moves on her. But then, you know, I guess she's supposed to be responsible and resist those. And right. she doesn't. And they have this sort of torrid affair, which involves her taking him on trips for his birthday. And right. um, well, well, yeah, I mean, what, what happens is that, yeah, first he, he like goes into the classroom and kisses her. And she does resist him at first, but then later on there's a there, there's a dance, and she's like chaperoning the dance, and she she sees him there, and she chaperones she, that dance a little too hard. Um, yeah, yeah, right. no, she 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 uh, chaperones him all the way back to her car into her back seat. Yeah. And right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh God, I guess it's not supposed to be funny. It's. It's uh, well, yeah well, okay right right exactly yeah so you know so sorry uh, to anybody if we seem like uh, insensitive assholes but uh, it's a weird show anyway <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> it's a weird show it can make two sweet boys sound like insensitive assholes That's right. um, uh, it, okay so then they go so and then there's the fallout from the relationship mm-hmm. so she's tutoring him he gets into the University of Texas show takes place in Austin um, then uh, they're relationship becomes public she goes to jail he goes to college but then he he is psychologically fucked up from this experience he right. drops out of college and um then it flashes forward 10 years into the into the future where she has gotten married to someone else she's divorced her previous husband she's now got kids and a husband in a nice house and he is leading um youth retreats therapeutic youth retreats out in the woods somewhere. And mm-hmm. then he comes back for his 10th high school reunion. And then that's where we see them again. And it's interesting because he has two little brothers and one of his little brothers is 17 when he comes back. Right. And he says to her, my brother is the same age that I was when we had our thing. 
and he looks so young. And the interesting thing is the actor that plays his brother does look really young. And if that had been the actor that you'd been watching the whole time, it wouldn't have been such a steamy, torrid kind of salacious show, you know? So um, anyway, that was a, that was the point that I wanted to make. And then I felt it was necessary to summarize the entire plot to get there. But sure. No, that, uh, that uh, definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of things. So yeah, going back, so, yeah, I mean, there's the, the there's like ten episodes of the show, and yeah, and it's interesting because yeah, basically, yeah, kind of the first half of of, of the show is about their relationship, yeah, and and kind of the second half is about the fallout and everything that comes from their relationship being public and, and yeah, and the sort of long term consequences, and so. You know, that is that is one thing that I found to be really kind of interesting about the show and really kind of unique is that is that we really see the sort of long term consequences and, and, we, and we really kind of flash forward uh, in time to see kind of what what happens. And so that that sort of aspect of the show seemed a little more in line and sort of on message in terms of the sort of public service. Uh, sort of aspect of the of, of the show, um, but yeah, I really feel that all of that stuff is kind of undercut by how sort of um, I guess erotically and steamily the the uh, the first half of the show is kind of presented. Right. Right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it definitely feels like there are episodes where they are trying to make your dick hard. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then then they make you feel bad about that. And it's like, exactly. well, yeah. You gave me this boner. It's not my fault. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh Yeah, so that's that's very kind of uh yeah, confusing for the viewer. Um Another thing, uh, yeah, you know, and this is this is something I think we kind of talked about before. Although, although I think uh, it was before you had watched the show. Yeah. So, what did you think of that scene where, um, where, yeah, Kate Mara's character is talking to her to her colleague and friend, and and like her colleague and friend is like can can, can tell that she that, that she is in some sort of relationship, and she's like she's like really really happy and glowing right now and and she kind of eggs her on into into revealing that that she's in a relationship with her student and then like as as soon as she reveals that 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 it's that it's a student that she's seeing like her colleague kind of like immediately turns on her like um yeah yeah did you have any kind of yeah yeah uh, well this is what i this is this is where my mind was going i always put myself in the position of like, okay, if I were writing this show, what would I do? Okay. So, so you've got this, you've got this, um, uh, okay. She's having an affair with her student. Um, she and her colleague and friend go out to see her husband's pathetic little band playing at some fucking dive bar and they go out, 
Um, they're in the parking lot having a drink. They like steal a bottle of liquor from the bar or whatever. Right, right. And they're like having a drink in the parking lot. And her friend's like, come on, you're glowing. I can tell you're having an affair. Yeah. yeah. I can tell who is it. And, and she's like, it's my student. And, and then her friend immediately is like, I'm going to report you right now. And then leaves. Right. <laughs> After being like, come on, you can tell me. I won't tell anyone. Yeah, <laughs> and she's yeah. like, it's my student. And she's like, oh, actually, I'm going to tell everyone. Right, right. And um, I think um, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is where she and the student murder her, the friend. Right. And then the show really gets interesting. You know? Sure, sure. But basically, she's her friend drives away and she's just like, no, don't do that. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> and like makes no effort to try and stop her friend, which I thought, yeah. I mean, I think if this show suffers from anything and I think it suffers from a lot of things, but sure. I think one thing it really suffers from is, um, being written from the moral backwards. Yeah. Right. And it kind mm -hmm. of turns, it's like they have a point that they want to make. So let's write a story about it. Right. Instead of like having a story that they want to tell and letting people draw, you know, morals from it. It's, it's kind of backwards. And so I would say basically every character in the, in the series is a plot device. And right. I think her friend is the same thing where it's just like, yeah, that scene, it doesn't seem believable to me. And I think like if you were like letting your imagination go wherever you wanted to, there were more interesting places to go from that scene. Sure. I.e., you know, a murder or some kind of a kidnapping or, you know, whatever. I mean, some sort of right. attempt to stop this person where you get into this. Now you're just this like suburban, you know, teacher. I mean, not so I guess they live in a city, but whatever. You're this sort of regular, you know, English teacher. And then you are suddenly embroiled in this life of crime that you didn't mean to get into because you let your passions run away from you. And now it's like a really interesting story. It's like a Breaking Bad kind of thing or whatever. Right, um, right. But I think because they were so married to where they had to go, they couldn't really follow the they couldn't really follow the the threads of the story as they were laying them out. That's what I thought about it. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, on the subject of every character being a plot device. Yeah, so let's talk for a minute about uh, the character of her um, um, husband, okay? Oh, uh, poor husband. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, so poor husband on the one hand, but I also feel like the guy came off as a complete tool. And yeah. I really kind of feel like we as the audience were supposed to perceive him as kind of a complete tool. Uh, and to, yeah, yeah, to the point where... It's it, 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 it kind of seems like we're meant to kind of sympathize with Kate Mara's character and to kind of understand why she wants to have this extramarital dalliance. I mean, obviously, having it with it with a student uh, is is uh, you know problematic, but we can at least understand why she wants to kind of get away from this sort of boring, lame guy who is who, who is her husband. So. You know, who just wants to laden her with children, with his boring, lame children. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so that's yet another kind of like weird mixed message of this show where it's like, you know, we're presented with this, with this character of the husband who, <laughs> uh, makes us kind of empathize with, 
with with Kate Mara wanting to wanting to cheat on him, and yet, I guess, I don't know. I guess maybe that's maybe maybe that could be seen as a sign of sort of sophistication that like the show wants us to kind of sympathize with her while also recognizing that the specific way in which she cheats on her husband is is uh, bad and wrong, but. Um, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think I that know. that's exactly how the how the show is designed is to right. in the first half of the show to get you on board with this relationship sure. to be like to be like, yes, of course, this is mm-hmm. this is the right thing to do. And right, then right. to make you feel bad about having felt that way when you see the fallout from it. OK. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I guess. It's weird because fiction is just manipulating your emotions. That's what it does. Right, right. That's its purpose. But then when you feel manipulated afterwards, uh, like it's not supposed to leave its its fingerprints like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So, so you think that that's definitely what the intent behind the show is to make us feel one thing in the first half and then to make us feel bad about feeling that thing in the second half. Yeah, no, I mean, basically like the, it seems like the message of the show is like, shame on you for being into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I, 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 I think I pretty much agree with you and yeah. And so I think the issue is, what a weird thing for a show to do to a viewer. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what an abusive, what an abusive series. Right. Right. It's like gaslighting you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's sort of, you know what it reminds me of is, is, um, is kind of like of the, these uh, rioters at the Capitol who are Uh like, who are like, you know, like posting, yeah, we're taking our country back. Yeah, this is our house. And then they get they get right. to the airport and they're like, what do you mean I'm on the no-fly list? We're just right. we're saving the country. It's the yeah. same thing with this show. <laughs> where, where, where you're like, yeah, yeah, hit that shit. Yeah, smash right, that pussy. Right. And then yeah. you're just like, and then you're like, oh, oh, that was that was child abuse. Oh mm-hmm. no. Yeah. It's yeah. uh yeah. That's what it makes me think of. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, just um, um, a couple more things. So, yeah, first off, yeah, another scene that that you know sticks in my mind from this show is, I think it's I think it's pretty much the very last scene, uh, which is uh, years later when the teacher and 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 this this student. Um, meet meet up uh at a uh, restaurant um yeah and it so is the is last like, scene of the show yeah 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 and so this is like the, this takes place like 10 years after after the relationship happened and it's kind of like you know the the, the teacher she wants to kind of like officially apologize to the student uh for 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 everything that happened and and so basically, she 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 does so. You know, you know, she 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 invites him, and he 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 comes and and uh, and she apologizes, and he's just kind of like, 
you don't get it, do you? I mean, you know, my life is, has been like completely ruined by this. I mean, you, you were able to like bounce back and like get, get married again and have, have kids. And, but, but, but my life is, is completely ruined by this. And, you know, even, even though I kissed you, uh, don't you realize that you manipulated me into, into kissing you and everything? And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think that I, I, I think it is correct that, you know, in these kinds of situations, we have to sort of look at them as, you know, it is it, it is not the student's fault. Uh, the 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 blame lies upon the uh, uh, upon the teacher, the, the person that has more power. And yet. I don't think that I don't think that her character. I don't think that she realized what she was doing, you know, in, in, in the way that she's kind of being blamed for it, you know, and I don't know. I just kind of, I just kind of had some problems with her being painted as sort of a sexual predator in that way when it seemed like the situation was a little more ambiguous than that, but... I don't know if you have any well, thoughts about yeah. that. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, yeah, I definitely do. Like, uh, so, uh, okay. First of all, I think that the um, the first nine episodes of the show are from her perspective. Right. And then the, the 10th episode is from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think. I mean, sure. you know, obviously it's not from anyone's perspective, literally. but But I think that, you know, the way that they... So the way that their relationship starts, it definitely seems like he's coming on to her and she tries to resist, but then she can't because she's overcome with passion. And then they have this torrid affair and then they're found out. And then we follow her as she like, she goes to prison. We see him in college. She goes to prison. Mm -hmm. She gets out of prison. She has to wear an ankle bracelet. She's having a lot of emotional, she's developed a new kink. Now she likes to get beat up during sex because she feels like she's so bad. Um, she's wearing this ankle bracelet. She can't show her face anywhere. She can't get a job. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess he didn't see any of that, but like, it wasn't like she just bounced back. Like she definitely like paid her debt to society or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, but then, um, yeah, the way that, the way that he portrays it at the end is like, you know, you, you set up those situations. You, you know, I took me a long time to realize it was your fault. You have total responsibility. You are a grown up, um, and like you shouldn't have tutored me. You shouldn't have taken me around the campus of the university. It's like, well, that's right. just sort of how he feels. You know, that's right. how that's like where he's at. He'd been blaming himself for a long time. Sure. Um. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know, but it's definitely like the way he's describing it is definitely also not how the show showed it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, dude. But even that, like even that scene, it just seems like it's being ret- written again from the moral backwards. Like it's just like th- he he's just, they're like, okay, we feel like we haven't been able to visually show our point so let's just have him say it at the end and then walk out of the restaurant right right yeah yeah no yeah i I, yeah i uh, definitely agree with that yeah (laughs) 
it seemed very kind of abrupt, and it was like, yeah, what 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 he was saying was not was not what we actually saw, yeah, in the show, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, if this show helps people who who have been victims of this, that's that's great. But I think the sort of problem with it is that you know every every kind of situation in which this kind of thing happens is is different and they they they're kind of trying to show like one kind of story of it that that is supposed to represent you know what generally happens but i i mean it, or it 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 seems like like they're trying to do that because of the public service aspect of it but 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 every every situation of this is different and, and I, I i mean you know i don't i i am certainly no expert on this but i knew a guy um it, it was he was actually a guy um from the from, from the improv scene in chicago who um who had a relationship with his teacher in uh in a high school and um yeah i don't know i mean he I, I, I remember him like, you know, telling people about it and, you know, he seemed pretty well adjusted. Uh, yeah. Well, it, you say but, he seemed well know. adjusted, but then like, why was he doing improv? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Only, only very messed up people do improv. Um, as, uh, as yeah. Improv. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even in the show, when this kid goes off to college, he's like a legend, and like right, everyone, exactly. you know, they yeah. they need him in the frat. You gotta, oh, you gotta pledge with us. You're a legend, right, and then right. you know, like the girls want to sleep with him because this teacher had like shown him how to perform cunnilingus so expertly and all this stuff, you know? Right. And he's, right. But, but it but, almost kind of, but then yeah, 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 yeah. It turns out that he can't accept a lap dance from a stripper, uh, because of this experience. Yeah. Right. And then, and then yeah. he can't. So, I mean, who knows, you know, yeah, I'm sure it does really fuck some people up, but I, but you almost feel like they told the story that way because they felt they had this solemn responsibility to tell that's the story this way, rather than right. that's like actually the most interesting story that they could have told. Right. Right. I mean, I, I would say in general, I think it's not a good show. Yeah. That's, that's my, <laughs> that's my hot take. I think yeah. it's, I think it's not that good. Yeah, no, I found it to be incredibly compelling, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was watching it as the episodes came out week to week, but yeah, no, I. At at, at the same time, I, I, I think you're correct that yeah, it was not actually a good show. It was just a show that was good at kind of hooking your interest to a certain extent, but. But yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of an overall message or yeah, way that you're supposed to view the story, yeah, I think as as we've sort of established, it's very muddled. Very yeah. It's, it's yeah. It, it almost feels like sort of like the TV equivalent of doom scrolling, where it's you're, uh -huh. you're like watching it, but you're like, I don't want to watch this, but I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, well, so um, if anybody uh, feels that we uh, cover that subject insensitively, uh, please uh, 
Send your emails to thecomedianandthephilosopher at gmail.com. There you go. We'd there love you to go. hear your feedback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you or anyone else you need, you know needs help, um, yeah, uh, go buy yourself a co- Comedian and the Philosopher t-shirt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> First print some, then buy them from yourself. Right. right. Okay. Well, um, another... Um, interesting uh topic that i was thinking about uh recently and you know we are a uh we are a new podcast um hoping to uh get a get a large following someday and so you know one of the people that we look up to is uh of course joe rogan um yes who, all hail lord yeah, rogan. all hail all hail lord rogan right uh and um so yeah something that um yeah, yeah. This this happened over the weekend. Yeah, there was there was this article. It's 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 actually a, a somewhat older article from the uh, Atlantic about the uh, Joe Rogan phenomenon, and uh, it was posted on Facebook. And my uh, my, my uh, girlfriend, um, who uh, happens to be black, um, posted a comment. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Long story. Was it, a, it must have been a choice her parents made. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But she um, she posted a comment about this article where she basically said, um, "Yeah, I, um, I, w- I I I I listened to one episode of of Joe Rogan's podcast, but then I asked my boyfriend me uh, if 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 he uh, ever had any black female guests on." And it uh, turns out that Joe Rogan has really only had two black female guests on. Uh, one of them, uh, relatively recently, um, would be uh, Candace Sherman, who uh, is most well-known as uh, being a prominent uh, black female Trump supporter, who um, Kanye West actually gave a shout-out uh, to on uh, Twitter one time. So Candace Sherman is one, and another is uh, Ms. Pat, who is a uh, uh, well-known uh, black female comedian. And so, uh, but, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, given the fact that Joe Rogan at this Isn't point... is it I Candace he, Owens? Candace Sherman? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Can, 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 yeah, Candace, can, yeah, Candace Owens, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's her name. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so 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 Candace Owens and uh, Miss Pat, um, and you know, considering the fact that you know Joe Rogan has like twelve hundred some odd episodes, if if you know, going back into the archives, if 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 uh, you can only find two black female guests in this immense group of shows, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's. Worthy of note, worthy of comment, at least. And, and so basically, you know, my, 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 my girlfriend just said, you know, because, because of that, yeah, because, because he's only had on two black female uh, guests, and one of them is a prominent Trump supporter, I figured, eh, this guy isn't really for me. And, um, and so this, this comment that she made, uh, uh, yeah, last time I checked, it has like 93 replies. <laughs> Okay, this this is on Facebook. Yeah, 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 this is on Facebook. Um, 
And, you know, so some of the replies are, you know, friendly enough, but a lot of them are from uh, hardcore Joe Rogan fans who are just like, you're, 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 a, you're an uh, idiot, you're, you're, you're racist, you're sexist for thinking that or, or whatever. And, you know, basically, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, I mean, all that she is saying is, you know, basically, I, I, I am a black female. I, I, I would like to, uh, you know, consume some content of, that, that is done by people who are, who are like me. And, this this show uh, doesn't seem to uh, reflect that, so I would prefer not to listen to it. Uh, which, you know, from my perspective, as somebody who you know is a fan of Joe Rogan's podcast and listens to it sometimes, I think that's a perfectly reasonable uh, <laughs> perspective. Uh, and I think anybody else who's a fan of the podcast should <laughs> should not feel threatened by that. And yet, a lot of people do. Um, and uh, it's just interesting how, you know, all somebody needs to do is just point out a fact about something and uh, people, people get really kind of bothered by that and get really kind of defensive about it. And, uh, yeah, so that was just, um, yeah. Let me, ask you, let me ask you this, Duncan. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> of the people who posted hateful, demeaning comments yeah. um, about your girlfriend's refusal to listen to a three hour long podcast right. that she has no obligation to listen to. Sure. Um, how many of them were black females? Um, I believe uh, the number was uh, zero. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. And you're not rounding it down. Are you? No, no. I think that's an exact count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well then if she's going to follow her logic from the original post, then I think she could maybe extend that logic to the comments on her comment, and uh, maybe those comments are not for her. Sure. <laughs> well, that's that, that's true. Although, although they all are um, in direct response to to, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to to her comment. But yeah, no. But I, I mean, yeah. In terms of uh, yeah, filtering out uh, certain content, yeah. Might as well just be consistent with that and filter out that content as well. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's so uh, it's it's weird, man. I don't know, like mm-hmm. that people feel so, <laughs> so threatened that someone else might not like what they like. Um, yeah. And I think this comes from a fundamental misunderstanding of, of of what your identity is. You know, your identity is not the collection of of um, likes and dislikes and and uh, who you are. You know, like wh- whether you're a man or a woman, or you know what your ethnicity is, and you know who your friends are. All these things that we think of as who we are is not really who we are it's a sort of a a costume that that we wear for a temporary time between birth and death and who we are ultimately is not threatened by anything but because who we think we are is um <clears throat> is is uh unstable impermanent temporary um it is constantly under threat so it's uh, always trying to defend itself obviously futilely because you know, all of these things will fade. But I mean, that's really 
I don't know if this is exactly where you wanted to go with this, but that's what's mm-hmm. happening. That's what's happening. You know, right. you, you don't like Joe, Joe Rogan. You don't like this. You don't like Metallica. You don't like, well, well fuck you. Cause I do. So it's, if, if, right. if you don't like it, then it's a threat to, to me because I, I think that I am that which likes this. So anything which does not like this is a threat to that which likes this. Um, you right, know, right. and it's because, you know, we're talking about the ego here, right? Of course. So the mm-hmm. ego mm-hmm. Uh, is is always is paranoid and is always looking out for threats, and then um, uh, sounds crazy. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Because that absolutely. that is crazy. That's crazy. Sure. Sure. You have yeah. to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you have to devote. Uh, 1400 episodes times three hours, whatever that is of, of your life to this podcast, because it means something to me. It's crazy. Sure. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I think there are two things, uh, basically going on here. And one of them is, yeah, basically what, what you're describing, which is that, yeah, if somebody expresses some sort of, uh, you know, distaste or dislike, for something that you really like, um, one need not necessarily take that as a threat to your being, uh, you know. And I mean, this is something you know to 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 go back to the Marvel, you know, comics, the Marvel movies. You know, it's 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 a weird position that I feel like I'm in right now because you know, uh, comic books and superheroes stuff. You know, when, when when I was growing up, you know, that was a very kind of you know, marginal, nerdy kind of thing, but now it's become like the complete mainstream, and it's like the most popular thing in the world right now. And so, uh, there's a lot of backlash against it. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, completely uh, diss the the Marvel movies and think that they're stupid. You know, one of my uh, favorite comedians and podcasters, Mark Maron, is quite outspoken about how stupid he thinks the Marvel movies are. Uh, but Hey, guess what? I still love Mark Maron, and I still love the Marvel movies. And wow, how is this possible? How is that possible? How is such cognitive dissonance possible? I mean, you know, from my perspective, whenever I hear somebody expressing extreme distaste for the for the Marvel movies, you know, I I feel like my my love for them is so great that, you know, I just kind of, I mean, I mean, I either you know, don't really think anything at all, or I might even feel a certain amount of pity. It's just like, (laughs) I'm really, I'm really sorry that I, I, I'm really sorry that that you are not able to get the amount of joy from these movies that I am. And I really hope that there is something in your life that gives you as much joy as I felt on that, on the opening night of Endgame watching that movie, because I, I mean, that was, you know, one of the most profound religious experiences of my life. And, you know, and nobody is going to be able to take that away from me by saying, well, I didn't like that movie. Okay. Well, yeah, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Forgive them, Lord (laughs) Thor. They know not what they do. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's, that's the perspective I take on that. Um, with that. Did you, so, did you really feel a sense of religious ecstasy, um, upon watching, uh, Endgame? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really? that, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, final scene. Yeah. That, 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 uh, fi- yeah. The, uh, final battle scene. I, I mean, 
you know, I, I can still put that on at any time. And I, I mean, you know, the, the, the tears just start streaming. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's something I mean, that, that has uh, a lot of meaning for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but so what, but your hope is, is not that, that everyone gets that from, uh, from Marvel's Endgame, but that everyone is able to get that somehow, somewhere. Sure. And hopefully yeah. not from, you know, um, abducting and dismembering people, but uh, in some <laughs> hopefully positive, not from that, benign yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Sure, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah, so that's the first point, is just, you know, expressing dislike for something that somebody else likes, you know. I, I mean, that's not... You know, that doesn't need to be a threat. Um, the second point, uh, and this is a little more complicated, and, uh, you know, we are two uh, white guys talking about this, but, you know, I mean, this is something that, you know, I've reflected upon a lot in, you know, recent years being in a in an uh, interracial relationship is, um, you know, I think that for a lot of, you know, white people in general, and especially white men, there's a kind of um, discomfort that comes up when a person of color brings up race and brings up a lack of representation at something because, you know, there's a feeling of like, oh, why does everything have to be about race? And what I think, uh, you know, I am just beginning to kind of understand as a white man is that one of the main sort of um, features of white privilege and what white privilege means is that we don't have to think about race if we don't want to. Whereas people of color kind of have to think about race almost all the time. Uh, I mean, especially living in this country. And so, you know, that's going to be a kind of, a kind of issue that comes up and, um, and, you know, when it comes to consuming media, uh, you know, as white men, we don't even have to think about, well, let's seek out media that's made by white men. You know, I mean, that's, that, that's just like a ridiculous statement uh, on the face of it because uh, one doesn't even need to seek that out. Uh, that's just automatically there. Whereas if you are uh, a person from 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 a minority uh you know uh you you might uh understandably want to want to consume at least some content <laughs> of people that uh you know are uh more more from from your background and so i think that's uh that's basically the other uh main thing that my that my girlfriend was trying to uh express is just you know uh she would like to listen to some podcasts that uh feature uh black women and um you know, uh, that's that's something that kind of needs to be sought out uh, a little more. It's not it's not something that's just going to kind of automatically be there in the way that uh, podcasts by white men are. So, you know, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I think a few things. Um, I mean, first of all, um, Joe Rogan has so few black women on his show in part because he has so few women on his show. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a show that celebrates masculinity and that's cool up to a point. 
you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's fine. It's his show. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I sure. think like yeah. he can do whatever he wants and then people can do whatever they want in terms of watching it or not. In terms, I think you make an interesting point about, yeah, you do hear um, white people griping a lot about like, oh, why does everything always have to be about race? And I, I have noticed just in the stand-up comedy community that um, black comedians um, tend to talk about race in their act a lot mm-hmm. more than white comedians do. Which is, I mean, that's not, that's a broad generalization. There are plenty of white comedians who talk about race and there are plenty of black comedians who don't, but just right. as an average. And, and I think that you're right. Like when you're a minority race, the subject of race is, is constantly um, in front of you. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, it is, if you want to call that white privilege, yeah, I mean, the, the ability to not even think about it most of the time. And I certainly know that like when I am in an environment where I'm the only white person there, I don't feel threatened, but I certainly notice it. You know, if, if I go to, um, you know, and I grew up on the South side of Chicago, which is Mm -hmm. predominantly black. And so I, I would often find myself being the only white person in the room, whether it was at a a restaurant or at a jazz club or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, you know, there are, there are, um, predominantly black comedy rooms. I mean, I've opened for Bruce Bruce. I mean, the audience is all black when you open for Bruce Bruce. Um, and, uh, (laughs) those shows are fucking hard, man, for me. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I, and I, I've loved doing them, but sure. it is like, you definitely notice like, oh, I'm the white boy in the room right now. Right. And so that's probably what being black in America, um, feels like most of the time, mm-hmm. except like with a history of like lynchings and slavery and all of the, all, all of the, the stuff that of course, like people of all colors have done all sorts of horrible things to each other um, throughout history, obviously. But I mean, that's very much a part of the American story specifically. So um, yeah, I mean the idea, like why don't you just get over it is um, right. was like, well, okay. Like maybe kind of easier said than done. Um, sure. And I think that probably if we're designing a perfect society, we want to live in a society where nobody ever has to think about race, where it's simply right. not an issue. And I think sure. the, uh, the sort of the Sam Harris formulation of this is like, we want to get to a place, which I, which I find compelling, is we want to get to a place where we think about race the same way we think about eye color or hair color, where right. you, would never, you would never think like, well, how many redheads do we have working at this company? you know, or whatever. Um, but certainly, and obviously we're not there. Um, so like maybe we should all go a little bit easy on each other. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and like, you know, if, 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 uh, people, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. So I, anyway, I guess it's a long way of saying, I, I think that, um, and again, like I'm just some white dude and this is what I think, but it seems perfectly reasonable 
that minorities in this country would be focused on race because the history of this country has has never like and the current state of this country never almost never lets them forget it so sure yeah 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 so i think that's just um yeah i mean that was kind of the you know yeah, the other kind of thing that I noticed in a lot of <laughs> a lot of the comments to her comment was, yeah, just like, um, you know, people were like, yeah, why, why are you so focused on that? I mean, wh- why don't you be more open-minded? Uh, and you know, just kind of not, not sort of understanding, um, you know, her point of view. <laughs> on it uh, although but, uh, I, yeah. I will say when i was growing up what i used to be really into in high school was going to indie rock shows uh-huh. like and um <clears throat> these were all white but there oh, would sure. always be one black dude at the indie rock show and he yeah. was always always knew all the words to all the songs and was singing along and was was up front yeah. and center so like you know you know i'm sure there are some black women who listen to joe rogan um but oh sure uh, yeah but uh but i bet not very many I mean, not a very large percentage. Probably not, yeah. And again, yeah, maybe not that many women who listen to Joe Rogan in general. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, uh, so yeah, I think we got time for uh, one more hot topic here. And um, yeah, and this actually kind of leads, leads, leads right in. So... Um, so yeah, last week um, we talked about um, our kind of frustration about um, the way in which people were sort of making false equivalencies between um, the way that people on the right have been reacting to uh, to this most recent election versus the way that people on the left reacted to uh, the election of Donald Trump in 2016. And there are other equivalencies going on as well, like the fact that Donald Trump was banned from all of these social media platforms and the way in which that may or may not be similar to um, the uh, situation of people running a bakery uh, refusing to bake a cake for a uh, gay couple uh, who are are getting married. So, you know, uh, yeah, the extent to which, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, does uh, Jack Dorsey have the right to ban Donald Trump from Twitter the same way that uh, the, the way that bakers have the right to refuse to uh, provide a cake for a, for a gay wedding? Um, so yeah, is that a is that a fair comparison? And so um, yeah, I actually um, I think I sent you Mike uh, a clip from this guy Ben Shapiro who was on uh, yeah it was actually from Joe Rogan's podcast yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah i watched yeah. it yeah yeah okay, okay. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah she watched that yeah so so yeah um you know ben shapiro is um a guy who is a uh, pretty prominent uh conservative commentator and he's one of the few conservative commentators that i actually actually like um i mean i certainly don't always agree with them and um and i do think that you know <laughs> Some of his views are, are are certainly problematic, but he seems like one of the few 
conservative voices who is at least still thoughtful and um, and who I think you know one could conceivably have ha have an intelligent conversation with and so uh, and so he uh, had an interest interesting kind of perspective on this issue um, and so I, I mean he is uh, he is uh, Orthodox Jewish and um, so his perspective is basically that um, he doesn't he doesn't have anything against like gay marriage um, in terms of governmental rights and you know as a, as a sort of uh, civil union in, in the same way that, that that a regular marriage is in that way. But as a kind of religious person, um, he would he would never um, sort of actively um, promote uh, gay marriage in terms of like yeah I I I think that what he said is that. You know, he would he he would go to a dinner party hosted by by, by a gay couple, but he wouldn't go to their wedding. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. And so, yeah, basically just yeah, the way in which there's a there's a distinction to be made there. And um, yeah, and I was just I was just curious your kind of your your your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, dude. Okay, so <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it's interesting, like. The um, <clears throat> okay, we talked about race as as white men, and now we're going to talk about sexual orientation as straight men. Here we go. Um, All right. <clears throat> uh, I think that um, um, so uh, f first, I think it's important to note that uh, the um, the the people who are on the one side of the Twitter argument saying they shouldn't have the right to ban Trump are typically the same people who defended the, the, the bakery who didn't want to bake a cake for, for a gay wedding. So there's right. a logical disconnect there. There's a, yep. there's an inherent contradiction. Let's just yep. say that. Um, I don't know that I have anything further to say about it, but let's just note that. Okay. Sure. And then, um, the uh, so I was talking to my friend Joe Kilgallen, um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, I was saying like, well, yeah, Twitter can ban Trump, and I also don't think that those that those gay people uh, that those bakers should have to make that cake. And then he was like, well, hang on a second, do you think they shouldn't have to make a cake for a black wedding, or mm -hmm. what if it were a Jewish wedding? Should they not have to bake the cake for that? And that's uh, and I was like, oh. No, you're right. They, they should have to bake that cake. Yeah. Right, no, right. I can't. I couldn't justify either of those things. So mm -hmm. how could I? I mean, I certainly believe that, you know, if you're gay, that's just who you are. I mean, it's not like you were like, right. It's, it's not like you're like, no, my life's going to be a little too easy. I think I'm going to, I'm going to play at a higher difficulty level and decide right, to be right. gay. You know, uh, I don't mm -hmm. think that's. Mm -hmm. I think you're just, you're gay. So it's who you are and you shouldn't be discriminated against on the, on the basis of who you are. Now the, the, um, Ben Shapiro argument as I have it is this, mm -hmm. he says, this is him, not me. I'm not saying this, but he says, sure. I am <clears throat> a religious person and I believe that acting on homosexual impulses is a sin. So right. he's, I recognize that we are all sinners. And, and so there's, there's no judgment of people who do act on that because it's a sin. But what my religion holds is that you should, 
even though you'll have an urge to act <clears throat> to um, to uh, act in a homosexual way, that you ought to um, you ought to check those urges just as you might check an urge to act in an aggressive or violent way. So there's no <clears throat> there's no contradiction between um, you know being born with certain urges. <clears throat> and then, you know, repressing them because you, you might be a violent person, but you still shouldn't commit violence against people. Right. And, and so, and, um, and that the purpose, the, so, the uh, societal purpose of marriage is, um, is, uh, is, uh, you know, having stable family structure and, and that, uh, and, and so it's, you know, to produce children. Right. Um, that's that's basically the argument, mm -hmm. right? And so that's what that's what my religion encourages, and so <clears throat> I don't judge anyone for being gay because we all sin, but that is a sin, and so I don't want to be present and celebrating that sin. So I wouldn't go to the wedding, right? Right. Um, now I think in the interview, Joe Rogan asked him, "Well, what about like if a if a I mean, should should a, a man and a woman have sex in a marriage outside of procreative purposes? And right. he said, yes, because there's the bonding between the couples that uh, that the sex act uh, fosters. Okay, right. so it seems to me that um, sex between homosexual couples would also foster that same bonding and would also be useful just in the society, you know, in the structure of a society. Um, right. If, if we've agreed that it's okay to have sex for reasons other than procreation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's, that's the basic argument as I understand it. And it, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's an argument. Yeah. Uh, you know, he shouldn't, I guess <laughs> I'll say he shouldn't have to go to the wedding. I mean, don't go to the wedding. I mean, if you're going to be saying this kind of shit, like nobody wants you at the wedding anyway. So like, please don't sure. go to the wedding. <laughs> like no one's going to be devastated that Ben Shapiro is not at the wedding. Like, oh no, the, the party's going to be ruined because right, uh, right. Ben Shapiro won't be able to explain to them how they're all sinners. Right, right. Well, yeah, you know, kind of um, connecting Ben Shapiro's argument uh, to the analogy you were making with the with, with the bakery uh, before, um, so you know what what I was kind of thinking about was that yeah you know so yeah bakery refusing to um, to uh, bake a cake for for a gay wedding yeah that 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 could be considered analogous yeah to them refusing a a uh, black couple or a um, a, yeah, yeah, or a, a couple that is not of their of their same religion. Yeah, like a, like a Jewish couple if 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 they're a Christian bakery. But uh, may, may, maybe you could think about it like this: What if it's a bakery that like they only make cakes, you know, from a certain kind of European tradition? Like let's say that like they they only make Irish kinds of cakes, and so and in that case, a a, a black couple comes in and they 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 want to. They they want a cake for their wedding and the and the bakery is like okay well yeah we can do that um, it's going to be an Irish cake so you know I I mean we're not we're not going to make a cake that is tailored to your specific you know 
cultural requests, but if if you if if you're okay with us making an Irish cake, you know, we'll, we'll do that. And similarly, you know, if it, if it's a Christian bakery and a Jewish couple comes in and and, and they say, well, you know, we we can we, we can make a cake that, you know, has a Christian message on it. We, we're, we're, we're not going to make a cake that has a Star of David on it uh, because yeah. we're, 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 not a, we're not a Jewish bakery. We're a Christian bakery. And so similarly, like, the, the, the reasoning why, I, I, or at least, put, 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 yeah, part, part of the reasoning why, you know, this, this bakery didn't want to make the cake for the gay wedding is just well you, you know we we understand a wedding is between a man and a woman so you know if if we make a cake for you what's going to have you know a man and a woman on it uh you know it's not it's you know we can't make one that has a man and a man on it and so you know <laughs> we just we uh, don't have the equipment we can't do that's it that's right that's right <clears throat> that's right exactly so yeah i mean is 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 is, is there any way to sort of you know and again, you know, we 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 are purely just doing the you know devil's advocate thing here, you know. But uh, you know, is 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 there any way to sort of salvage that argument by with with a defense like that, or 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 uh, do you think that it still uh, is uh, problematic in the same way? Which argument are we are we trying to salvage here? You you saying the the going back to the bakery? Right. I yeah. I'm saying. Drawing the analogy of um, a bakery refusing a gay couple being like a bakery refusing a Jewish couple or a black couple. Uh, so, okay, so, I mean, here's the question. Right. Does, the, does, the, uh, does the bakery refuse to make a cake? Or do they mm-hmm. just say, "Look, our cakes come with a man and a woman on top, so like if right. you if that's what you want, you can have one." Sure. Yeah. Or did and they actually the, refuse? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's the argument that you're making that they could say that they could say, "Look, w- you know, it's like the Christian bakery that says to the Jewish guy, like, yeah, we'll make your cake. There's going to be a baby Jesus on it.'" Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I guess the bakery could say, "Yes, we'll make your cake," but. Right. Right. But it, but it's it, it ain't gonna have two dudes on it. Sure, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know the details of that Supreme Court case. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, either. I, yeah, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if the if if the bakery was just like, no, uh, you guys are gross. Get out of here. We're not gonna we're, we're not gonna associate with you at all. Or if they were just like, well, yeah, you know, I mean, we can make a cake for you, but it's 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 not gonna reflect what you guys wanted to reflect uh because we don't believe in that you know so yeah it's so funny that the that the example that they that the the case that they brought was against a, a baker because like yeah. w- what is gayer than a wedding cake <laughs> right that's true. that's true yeah uh <laughs> like there's no such thing as a non-gay wedding cake um right right but uh, even leaving that aside, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we're we're talking in hypotheticals here. I mean, I I think that, um, yeah. I mean, also the the religion the, the religious argument as put forward by Ben Shapiro was that like I accept that all people are sinners. So even right. if I think what you're doing is a sin, I still like accept you and I don't condemn you because I'm a sinner right. too, and we're all sinners. Right. But I don't want to celebrate yeah. your sin. 
Hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that like, if if the bakery is like, look, this is th- these are the cakes that we bake. We don't do special orders, and we don't have a gay option. Right. Um, we'll bake you a cake, and you can do whatever you want with it. I think sure. that's defensible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah. but I don't. Uh, but I think that. You know, if if the if they said, um, <clears throat> "Get out of here! You're gross. You can't have any of our cakes." Sinner, be gone. Then that's less defensible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we can agree on that. <laughs> Good. <clears throat> um. All right. Well, did we figure uh, it out? I think we I think we figured out most things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, so uh, if you were um, horribly offended by anything that we said today, please send your complaints to the comedian and the philosopher at gmail.com. Yeah, and also, like, just if we missed anything, because I feel like we miss things sometimes. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, we definitely miss all kinds of things. I mean, uh, yeah, Um, yeah, I, I miss, I miss things all the time. I miss trains i miss planes uh mostly i miss points so um you know yeah tell us what we missed and then hey i do miss the occasional email too but you know we'll do our best to respond oh sure sure okay mike well uh it's been a pleasure as always as always it's always a pleasure i can always count on pleasure when i talk to you um Yeah, yeah Um, pleasure and joy are not necessarily the same things, but in this case it is. It has always been a joy as well. Oh, excellent, excellent. All right, well, thank you for listening, and, uh, yeah, keep watching the skies, uh, because, um, the UFOs are coming, and, um, all the conspiracies are correct. That's right. <clears throat> All the conspiracies are. Oh, I thought I thought of one thing that okay. um, one more I thing. thought wh- that I thought we could leave people with. It's just gotten very loud in my studio, which is which is my garage here. People mm-hmm. coming in and <laughs> my, my fucking wife is taking out the trash in the middle of my podcast. I mean, uh, I appreciate when she does my chores for me, but like not when I'm trying to work, you know. Um, uh, seriously. But uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> I heard somebody put forward on a another podcast somewhere that a theory actually means it's a scientific term and it means um, something that has evidence and that it has, you you have a hypothesis and you test that hypothesis and based on the results, you come up with a theory. So Mm -hmm. most things that we call conspiracy theories are actually conspiracy hypotheses. And if we start calling them conspiracy hypotheses, maybe right. we'll stop storming the Capitol based on them. Wow. That is very profound. So just want to throw that out there. Um, Duncan, great to talk to you, buddy. Um, great I will, to talk uh, to you, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. We should do this next week. You want to do it next week? Let's do it next week. All right. We'll do it next week. All right, episodes coming out weekly. We love you guys. Well, we don't know you, but, uh, you know, you're probably all right. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye.